0: I want to make my community a better place. I want to make my community somewhere that's cool, somewhere that's safe, somewhere that is welcoming, somewhere that is uh, unifying. I just want to make a a change of, of real value. Hey, I'm Johnny Brookbank, and you are entering A World Gone Good.
1: Well, hello and welcome once again, my name's Steve. Not once again, my name's Steve, but well, hello and welcome once again. You get me. And I am here with my good flashlight, my flashlight of good, ready to turn it on and aim it into the darkness to prove... There is still good out there and lots of it. We are fast approaching our one-year anniversary. Can you believe it? Me neither. Uh, We would love to hit the 10,000 download mark by then. And you listening right now just got us one download closer. So thank you. If you want to help us hit the download bullseye and spread the good at the same time, please, yes, share us with your friends on social media. And subscribe, rate, and review us on whatever pod platform you listen in on. If you've done any of those things or all these things, we say thank you. And if you still need to do them, um, any one of them, get going, because our one-year anniversary is almost here. Today we are talking everyone's favorite topic that we just don't talk about enough, politics. How many listeners did I just lose? (laughs) I know, I'm sick of talking about politics too and listening to politics and everything being about politics. But there's a good question here, which is what is good about politics or what is good about politics. Whatever word you want me to hit there. My guest today, Johnny Brookbank, asked himself the same question. Well, I don't know for sure if it was that exact same question he asked himself, but you know, close enough. His question to himself was more like a mission than a question, I guess. He wanted things to change. And he knew that for things to change, we have to make a change. Some change. You, you get me, right? So Johnny ran for and won a seat on his city council. And when he got a little tied up in red tape, as it sometimes happens, he, with the help of his wife, found a way to sidestep around the politics and get to the good by creating their own community-based organization, They call the Balcony of L.A. Oh, oh, oh. And he also had one more thing happen um, a few years ago. He uh, beat stage four cancer. Yeah, the guy's got a lot going on, a lot of good going on. With me today is Johnny Brookbank. We have a lot in common and a lot of ways of both trying to do good in the world, both trying to uh, promote and market the world. (laughs) So there's (laughs) some connections going on there. But... (laughs) You have so many things I want to talk to you about. We're going to start with the most present of things. You are on your city council. Question number 1. Did you ever run for office in high school or college or any hold any political position?
0: No, no, nothing like that. So this is all this is all totally brand new for me. It's it's completely unbroken ground. I've never run for anything. I was never part of anything in any kind of college or high school. I was not on any sports. I was not on any political teams or debate. Nothing at all, at all. So this is like, this was not ever on the radar.
1: So what sparked, what sparked it?
0: Well, I mean, there's a lot of buildup to what I'm about to say, but I was out in my front yard and my neighbor drove past and was like, hey, Johnny, today's the last day to sign up to run for town council. You should sign up. She was on it at the time and she was like, "You should come. you should come run. And she had kind of mentioned it to me in passing before, you know? Right, I don't know what turned on on me that evening. You know, it was like we just come through um, four years of our prior president. We had just come through our coming through COVID. I thought to myself, like, man, it would be funny to see your name on a ballot. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that was like it is. I, I thought to myself, like, man, that would really be funny, like to see Johnny's name on a ballot. You know, just thinking that to myself, like, that would be really funny, like that dude. His name on a ballot so I went out and I got I got my name on the ballot and then like when I actually saw the ballot like um like oh yeah your name's on the ballot and here's what here's what it is I it it would like something else turned on and I was like you know what man like it would kind of be funny to be on the council like maybe you know there's 12 people like why not get on there and check it out and so like (laughs) I started like talking to people talking to my friend circle and you know, started to get a little bit of encouragement from people. And um, like kind of the more steps I took, the more, I don't know, the more serious it got, I guess, you know? And um, so I went out and I ran and I ended up getting um, elected as a a first alternate, which is basically like an understudy. If uh, one of the primary members is out, an alternate would vote for them. It's a one-year term.
1: So, a couple questions to start. Question number one: If this neighbor of yours said, "Hey, Johnny, you want to jump off a bridge?" Would you have done that? Would you, Johnny? <laughs>
0: <laughs> this person is actually a pretty serious bridge architect. So, oh
1: wow, that's crazy. Okay, number two: <laughs> Explain how this works. There's nine council members and three alternates. So. Lay it out for us.
0: That's it. There's nine council members and then three alternates, so 12 total. The seats are staggered for elections, so you know every year X amount of seats are up, and um, it just it just really just depends on on the year to year. So, you know, coming up in the new, um, in, in November, my term as first alternate will be up Two other terms of alternates, second alternate and third alternate will be up. And I believe that two other, um, regular member positions are up as well. So, you know, it's five out of 12 people, um, getting shuffled around now. An alternate is interesting too, because, you know, somebody might say like, Oh, they don't vote. They have no like real purpose. But, you know, you are still presenting ideas. It's, um, being a member isn't all about just having the power to vote. It's about being able to present ideas and to sway others to your way of thinking and to just be in the room. Um, actually, what I did is after joining the council, I went out and I started, um, my wife and I actually started a nonprofit called the Balcony of LA. So, The Town Council is a 501c4. It's a nonprofit that is designed to help representation in some capacity. The Balcony of LA is a nonprofit 501c3. So we're designed to help community betterment. Now, just because of the way that the tax codes are... Um, the, the council can't do certain things that like, uh, 501c3, like the balcony could do so many things that, you know, a community wants to do requires money. It requires right, right. money. We want to do an art mural. Well, we need money. Well, we don't have money and we can't make it because of the way that we're established. And there's not a real desire to reestablish the town council in another way. So there was this need in our community, in my opinion. And so we built up this nonprofit and um, began an Instagram account for it, which we post to regularly and are just kind of like collecting all of the local people like Pokemon. Uh, It's been cool because... We've seen people kind of come out of the woodwork. This dude reached out and says, uh, hey, you know what? I work with a nonprofit that plants trees and they're always looking to partner with people to plant more trees. So we're like, now we're planting trees in our community. You know, people reach out and say, hey, I'm really into art. I really want to like paint some of these utility boxes that these big silver boxes on the street corners. Can we do something like that? And so we've got like a an art program now. You know, there's all these little things. People have all these different ideas. But so often your idea is lost in the cracks. You know, people can bring an idea to the council. This is not to speak poorly of the council. It's to speak of its limitations as an entity. A person could bring an idea there and say, hey, I want to do this um, community garden, Well, if no one on the council is into gardens, your garden isn't happening. Right, And so, but with the balcony, you come in and you say, Hey, I want to do a community garden. And we can say, Oh, you know what? We have other people in our, in our resource circle, and we can help facilitate that. We can plug you in with other people with those same passions. And actually XYZ person is already working on this. Let's plug you in. And now we're kind of like snowballing together. Oh, actually, do you want to be the director of community gardens? Because we need somebody who's super passionate, who wants to head that up. You know, suddenly you're building people up. Suddenly you're investing in people, not just your community. You're allowing people to like be the best version of themselves. You're allowing them to bring their passions forward, and then giving them soil to plant their, you know, vision in, and giving them the resources and facilities to run with those dreams.
1: Well, a couple questions here. So, has anything that's come to the council? been turned down that you've picked up through the balcony
0: yeah this tree thing actually was one of them you know the tree thing went to the went to the council and they were just like you know weren't weren't picking it up and running with it and so the dude who brought it to us was like dude does the balcony want to do this instead like let's run with this over here um I'm on the I'm on the council some woman emails and says uh you know, I've been on the I've been on the council for like six months at this point, And some woman emails and says, uh, hey, everybody, uh, you know, I'm um, I'm really excited about this uh, outdoor gym space. Like she has this idea to go to our local park and basically build like um, super basic pull up bars and sit up bench and whatever, you know, like a, like a community workout space. Right. Right. I hit her back and I'm like, this is awesome. What a great idea. I, you know, obviously we've all seen these around. I think our park could really benefit from this. Like, you know, what, what tell me, tell me more about it. And she wrote me back and she was like, she was like, sir, excuse me. I've been talking to the council about this for a year and a half. Like I think they're well on top of it. And I hit her back and I said, I, Oh, I really apologize. I've been on the council for you know six months and uh, I've never heard of this. I've never heard one member ever speak of it, bring it up. I've not seen a document. You emailing me is the first time this has ever landed on my radar. And I want to tell you, I think it's brilliant. And I want to tell you, I would love to help you bring this into reality, um, but I don't want to step on toes. If the council is like doing a thing, then, you know, continue to run with it. And uh, I've not heard anything since then, either from her or the council.
1: Interesting. Well,
0: it's. I think it's not interesting, you know? I think that's like the thing we were kind of joking about before. Like, hey, man, no one on the council wants a community garden. You're not getting a community garden.
1: But do you think that's a power thing? Or do you think that's a... I mean, w- what is the rationale behind that?
0: I think that there's a difference between proper representation and like a social club. Right. We live in a community of 20,000 people for our town council, um, only about 200 people come out and vote. You know, that's one, that's 1%, 2%, right? It's nothing. It's, it's, it's terrible. And so when I saw those numbers, when I had ran at first, you know, it was like, ah, 200 people come out to vote in our local elections. Why? Why do two, only 200 people come out to vote? Well, one is because they don't know that the council exists. There's a real problem with community communication, right? Right now I'm in the film, I'm in the film industry, I'm a producer. So communication is like a big, it's an important thing to me. And property management is an important thing to me and workflow is, is an important thing to me. And so, um, you know, walking into an organization like this, you very quickly get this attitude of, and I, and you've heard it before, um, you know, you got to be patient because government moves slow. And what I think you mean is, you move slow. <laughs> right. You don't want to do something. Right. You are using this as a social club. You don't plan to do anything. Get out of the way.
1: There's a weird belief that government is like a kingdom yeah like it's this magical place but it's just with all due respect it's people like you people like me who just decide hey i'm gonna run for this i'm part of this now and then it's and then the question goes you know what becomes of you when you jump on there and for that question i have to ask how have you become a better citizen for your community by being on this council for the last almost year
0: That is a really great question. And I do think it has, it has affected me, Um, especially in the fact that getting on the council. And I think that this is the case of any team. You quickly discover factions, you know, you quickly discover that there are people who are like, I'm afraid of technology and I don't like social media and I don't want to use it. And I don't think the council should use it. And it's scary. Go, you know, so you talking about Facebook and Instagram and all of these things, I don't even want to hear it. That is a real kind of person. You know what I mean? People. And so for me, there's been this real sense of like, I see more potential in my community this past, you know, six months to a year. I've seen more potential. I've just been like, man, the more people I talk to, the more excited I get because the people in our community want cool things. And the people in our community are creative. And the people in our community are passionate, you know, and the people who are representing our community are sometimes not so much that. And so, and so in my mind, I'm like, you know, what we got to do is this is, this is not like me being discouraged by it. It's me going, guys, there's so much potential on the other side of this wall. All we got to do is break it down. There are 20,000 of us here who want to do some like crazy fun things. There are nine of us that are holding all of us back. And there's only 200 of us that come out to vote like this November. My plan is to make it the biggest turnout in a, in a local election um, in our community that anybody has ever seen.
1: Yeah, huge, huge. But I also think that there's some generational stuff going on in terms of people being afraid of change. hmm. But I also think it's interesting that the people who are so um lackadaisical in their voting in any community, it's no shock that your town council members are those people who don't really want to do anything. They it's you know what I mean? Like yeah. these are the people who are not even going out to vote. So these are the people representing you. We uh-huh. have a town council. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We live
0: in a in LA County and we are part of unincorporated LA County. So a place like Burbank or Glendale or Sherman Oaks or whoever, they're going to have like a, like a proper town council that represents them. Our community is in LA County, unincorporated. So our representative is Catherine Barger on the board of supervisors of LA County, right? So when we say something like, hey, we want to do this, we're not saying we want to do this in our community. We're saying, do we want to do this in 88 unincorporated communities across LA County? It's an it's an enormous ask. So we really are dealing in our community with a problem of representation.
1: What would you tell somebody who is thinking about running for office at any level from your own experience?
0: Do it. It has been rewarding. It has been validating. It's been frustrating. It is like... uh You know, I think what you had said earlier is really great about like individuals, how we have an idea of thinking about like the government like a kingdom, right? But it's just imaginary. It's all imagination, you know? And that's like kind of a crazy thing to think about that everything that our entire structured civilization, you know, this starts to sound a little crazy, but like our democracy, it is imagination, you know? It is a constitution. It is the words on paper. It, they are ideas that we agree to all respect that, you know, are the way in which um, hierarchy works, the way in which elections work, you know, these things only work because we all say well, they work. That's it. That's the only reason that those things work is because people take part in it and it kind of self-manifests. The last four years have been tough, I think, for everybody, for all the, none of the reasons we need to get into, right? We all know that the last four years have been tough for the entire nation. And um, if we want to see change, we have to be the change. You know, we do, we can't, it is so easy and we've, we've seen it now, right? It's so easy to get online and to just start talking and complaining. Like any knucklehead can do that. You know, it is so easy, you want to you want to actually make a difference you want to actually make a difference and affect change that's going to do something like that is where the rubber meets the road there's real conflict involved like there are people on the council who just don't like me that is okay though you know it's 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 like being able to be okay with that as well and going like oh, you know what? I'm actually okay with people (laughs) not being happy with me. That's okay. Because I think that what we're doing
1: here is better. That must be hard, though, at times, because you and I do a similar job for a living. And our whole job is making people happy. You know, our whole job is taking clients and making sure that their needs are met, and that they leave happy so that obviously they're happy clients, but also that they're going to come back and know that they can rely on us. So there's got to be a little bit of ego going on there when you know, you're going to go bash heads a little bit and go, you know, are we professionally bashing heads at the moment or do you hate my guts?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is, there is a sense of, there is a sense of that as well. You know, there really is a, there really is a sense of that. Um, because you start very quickly going like, Oh, you know, like, I just don't respect you. Right. Right. Like I think that I appreciate that you're here and I appreciate that you were elected onto this. Um, but you are bad at what you're doing and you are causing more damage than I think you probably are aware. And, um, you know, it would be my, it would, nothing would make me happier than to, you know, be the source of, you know, the thing that gets you voted off.
1: (laughs) Right, right, right. But in their mind, I believe whatever side anybody is on politically, I think they do believe that their side is the right side. Absolutely. And I think so many I think so many times it comes down to something I've said on this podcast before, it's an old adage, which is you can be right or you can have a relationship. And sometimes you have to choose. Yeah. Because you don't always have to be right. Mm-hmm. Your version of right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a gray area where, yes. I'm going to give a little bit on this. It's not how I, you know, fully wanted it to happen, but it'll be better for everybody in the long run. Mm Hmm. Mm Hmm.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. The art of negotiation, I guess, and patience, and um, you know, one of the big things that our that our council ran into right off the bat was like, we can't do actual meetings. We're doing them on Zoom, right? And so one of these members is like, oh, I have a professional Zoom account. We'll let's do the Zoom meetings, right? The community comes to Zoom meetings and we'll record the Zoom meetings as you do. Great. And then what do we do with them? Well, this dude is just like putting them on his private YouTube page, right? Private. Nobody can see them. And so I'm like, hey, why don't we put those videos of our council on a public YouTube page so people can see them and people can stay up to date? and there's just like tremendous kickback. It was like months and months and months of like intense conversation because the council was like, we don't want these things online. Right. Why?
1: Why? Right.
0: And and the answer the answer was because we think that our community doesn't want to be recorded and put online and we think that if we do that our community will actually stop coming to our meetings.
1: Or is it that they were afraid they'll be held accountable?
0: I mean, listen, that's what I think. If I was them, I wouldn't want my meeting to be recorded and shown to people either. Right? I absolutely would not want that if I was them. Um, Right. But they certainly can't say that. Right. So anyways, our meetings are now public. Public. There has been like a 200% uptick in um, participation from the community. That's awesome. In any event, it's brought me a real sense of like um, ownership in my community. You know, I feel like I want to make my community a better place. I want to make my community somewhere that's cool, somewhere that's safe, somewhere that is welcoming, somewhere that is uh, unifying. You know, we have a little bit of a racism problem in my community. We're working on that. You know, I just want, uh, it's really made me want to dive in deeper into my community and, and make it like, you know, a really just great place. I want my kids to grow up there and be proud of it. And, um, I really just feel like I'm putting roots down and I just want to make a re- a change of, of real value. You know, I want to do something of real value.
1: We're gonna to jump to something completely different. In two thousand and eight, if you're willing to talk about it, you had stage four cancer.
0: I did. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: It's funny, when and I, you wrote, "Yeah, go ahead." Wait, do you, <laughs> That's awesome. If we both started talking. You're like, "It's funny." I'm like, "Oh, this this is the funny part of cancer." No, yeah. but you went on to. I want to know about this. If you're willing, if you want to talk about it, but most excitedly to me, you wrote a book called "Cancer Question Mark." But I'm a Virgo.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did. Um. This is not a book about astrology. This is a book about cancer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I did. you know what? So it, it's funny. it's um, cancer is in um, many, many ways. It's like it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. you know it, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. It was 2008. I was 26 years old. I'd just gotten married a few years prior. I found out I had cancer and it, it had spread to stage four cancer and um, it was started out as testicular cancer. Then it became lymphoma. It hit my lymph, my lymph nodes, which are like the subway system of the body. From there, the cancer traveled to my lungs. Then it traveled to my heart and um, they caught it before it went to my brain. But it was, it was six months of um, really intense uh, chemotherapy. I'd be, I'd be, um, uh, hospitalized for like a week and they just put me on a, on a drip, um, to give kind of, to give a little perspective. Like oftentimes what happens with chemo is, um, you'll go into a clinic for like an hour, once a week, something to that effect, maybe a couple times a week, and you'll sit in for, you know, one to three hours and you'll get, you'll get a drip. Um, mine was, um, hospitalization for a full week with a straight drip, for seven days straight and then I would go home for three weeks and I would basically just like wither and die. You know, it really was terrible. It was like just an intense amount of pain, nausea. I mean, you, you can read all about it in my book, <laughs> but it, but it was a, um, but it was a very powerful experience because you know, it really brought my,
1: Um, mortality into sharp focus. So we end these shows with three questions. Don't worry, you know all the answers. First question is the easiest question. Where do people find you online? Where do people find The Balcony LA online?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, well, Johnny Brookbank can be found on Facebook. The Balcony of LA um Instagram is our main our primary source of communication for the balcony of LA is Instagram. Um scratchcreativela.com is our production company and if you'd like to purchase a copy of the book, which I would love it if you did, uh you can just search it out on Amazon, I think if you just do a search for my name. That is probably the best way to find the wonky title.
1: <laughs> Um, second question can go back to anything we've already talked about or anything you have to say, who inspires you?
0: Yeah. Who inspires me? Um, you know, I do think it's really important to have people that do inspire you. Um, it wasn't until I was a senior in high school that I, that I, um, found somebody that inspired me. I didn't, I didn't know what that was, um, until I was a senior in high school. It was, um, for me, it was a high school teacher. It was a high school teacher named Shane Phil, who I like just hold in such high, high esteem. He was a um, gentleman who, um, saw me, who was an individual who I had zero structure in my life. I had zero support systems in my life. And, uh, you know, I was like a, bombing my way through high school here, and um, this teacher, man, I don't know, this guy just saw something in me, and he was like, you know, um, really, I I think he saw that I was, well, it was clear that I was floundering, right? But he just, like, really taught me to, like, hey, man, you know what, you don't need to live up to anyone's expectations. You need to live up to your own expectations. And those are more important than anyone else's expectations of you. Like really gave me a sense of Johnny, you have value and you are good and you can do great things. You know, no one had ever said that to me before in like, you know, a a genuine way and was like, he like invested in me, you know, how was your weekend? how is how are things going at home um he would just like was a genuine like you have value and um i think that now as an adult i have found that like i find value in giving value to other people you know i want people to know that they have value i want people to know like you know you don't have to be the biggest and best in the room to have value we all have value Teams are important because they allow everybody to have value. It's not about being the biggest cog in the machine. It's just about doing your little part and not being told, oh, you're just a little wheel. You don't matter. No, everybody matters. You know, when I'm on set, I love just, you know... Steve, you know what it's like on set and there is a serious hierarchy on set, you know, and I love making sure that I like touch base with all of the PAs and let them know like how grateful I am that for all the work that they've done because they are like the glue that holds the entire production together, you know. Everyone's always spitting on the PAs and it's like, dude, they are they are the hardest workers on set and um they all have dreams as big as and ambitious as we all do and um so I kind of went off on a little tangent there, but, um, you know, Shane Phil, my high school teacher, he's a, he's a real big inspiration for me. And then right now, I hope this doesn't sound too corny, but I'm on like a huge, um, autobiography kick, um, or sorry, a biography kick, um, about the framers of the constitution and the the founding fathers. I like Hamilton kind of got me hooked, you know, it opened up like, I watched Hamilton and I was like, dang, that's interesting. So I read Hamilton and then that like opened up the whole revolutionary, you know, backdrop to me and I've kind of just been getting some real like realizing like those guys were real badass and they were really crazy smart and um brave and courageous people and I just keep thinking like man to do a hundredth of what they've done, you know, it's it was, it's just cool watching and seeing, um, you know, kind of reading about America and going, it was birthed out of negotiation, it was birthed out of compromise, it was birthed out of nobody getting exactly what they wanted, you know, and that's kind of where progress is, I think, is nobody getting exactly what they want, and, um, you know, everybody taking small steps forward together.
1: The final question I'm going to ask you is again, can relate back to anything we've already talked about or anything you want to say? It's really simple. It's how we close the show. Tell me something good.
0: something good is that today we are alive, and uh, you know today today, as far as I know, we don't have cancer. You know today we're alive, and today I get to go home and I'm um, having this great conversation. hopefully that hopefully this this goes out and touches one person and uh those ripple effects happen you know i'm i'm happy to be alive every day and i'm happy to wake up every day and just be like all right man what are we gonna do today are we gonna you know what connection are we gonna make what trash are we gonna pick up what person are we gonna have smile who are we gonna add to our team you know life is life is good and um you know, it's a real, it's a real shame that we don't, you know, and I, I seriously, I believe this. It's a real shame that more of us don't get the opportunity to really grasp our death. You know, we get that we're going to die. Like we get it. We're going to die. Right. We're human. But like standing on the edge there and just like gazing past the curtain and getting that it's like, um, this might be it. There might not be a January. um, you know there's a real power in that there's a there's a real sense of like you just feel small you just feel like risks doesn't risk doesn't really mean as much anymore time means a lot more money means a lot less um it 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 really feels like um you know cancer really kind of like just tore down the curtain or cracked reality or whatever it's just Everything that I kind of thought and felt before, it it just doesn't exist anymore.
1: Thank you, Johnny, for sharing your good. So when are you going to run for office and help bring some good change to your community? Hmm? Next time on World Gone Good. When we were kids, we all did one-person shows. We had no
0: fears, and then something happens along the way as we grew up where we're like, oh, we can't
1: do that. Juliet Jeffers is a good storyteller, and she's a good actress. So why not marry the two and tell her own stories on the stage? And why not go one step further and teach others how to find their own voice and speak their truth? We are going to talk the good of being bold saying yes and how you yes you can find that creative spark that is buried down deep within you and let it out because fact is we all have a story a good story to tell i hope you'll join me until then be good